0: One, two, three, listen.
1: Hey, everybody, this is Ask Dr. Gans, the podcast stress. Everybody's got it. Everybody feels it. But what do you do with it? How can you get it handled so that you can be your best, do your best, and most importantly, feel your best in all areas of your life? Well, that's what we are all about here at Ask Dr. Gans, the podcast. I'm your host, Bryn Griffiths, alongside registered psychologist, Dr. Gans Ference. How are you doing today?
2: I am great. Thank you.
1: Well, this is a little different episode for us because this past week, we got together with a group of our friends absolutely, and held a little bit of a round table and we had invited some friends to join us, which uh, was fun. We had the coffee going and the, the donuts and all that kind of stuff. But, but we wanted to touch on a, a bunch of things. Before we talk about specifics, let's talk about the people who joined us at our round table on that particular day. Absolutely.
2: So, you know, we, we, I was really, really thankful that these guys were able to come out and spend their time, donate their time to, to come and help us talk about mental health and all these important things. So the first person that came out was uh, Mark Corthius, and he is the president and CEO of Mental Health Foundation. Uh, really good guy. Loved his perspective on stuff. Especially, you know, what I really liked from what he brought was that a lot of times, Um, we tend to think and function at the level of I don't know socioeconomic status or level of education or you know social construct that we that we function at And we don't really think above or below that and he brought a beautiful perspective of the whole spectrum Right and and a lot of times that we were talking he would bring in the idea that you know what? Not everybody has the skills or the resources to be able to think or do some of the things we're suggesting. And then he brought in a different perspective. So I really, really appreciated that way of looking at things. We also brought in a couple of broadcasters who who joined us. Let's start with Jalen Nye. Jalen Nye, so she is the host of the afternoon news on six thirty, 30 chat. And, and, you know, I'm so glad that she was there because, uh, I've, I've been on her show for a number of years actually now. And, uh, she's just, you know, we've become really good friends and, and it was really nice to have her perspective and, you know, kind of switch the roles a little bit uh, because she's really inter- interviewing me, but now we could just have a <laughs> discussion. So that was kind of cool. And, you know, she, she has worked extensively with the military yes, and, uh, she, I loved the perspective she brought around, what was happening with military families and, um, you know, some of the other things that, uh, some of the folks go through that serve us and keep us safe.
1: The other person that joined us was Joel Gottlieb and I've known jo- Joel uh, for quite some time, but I didn't really know Joel Gottlieb as much right. as I thought I did. And he was a former broadcaster in the Edmonton area, but wow, his story is amazing.
2: Yeah. And I loved, I loved what he was bringing to the the fact that he was able to be so open and honest about his own struggles and experiences with uh, substance abuse and what he went through. And, you know, I, I loved that he was so open about talking about it, but yeah. also that he brought the idea that, you know what, we really don't ever know what's going on with somebody behind the scenes unless we, unless they share it or unless we, you know, have that kind of close connection with them.
1: I worked with him and I had no idea.
2: Right, right. No I, I, I worked with him too, right? I've been on, on like, he interviewed me several times um, during that period, and I had no idea either, right? And I'm, I'm, I'm training this stuff, so, you yeah. know what I mean? So, this is the thing. A lot of times, uh, many of us suffer in silence and behind closed doors. But, you know, it, it was a really good um, awakening, an eye-opener, a and reminder that, you know what, there's a lot of stuff going on for people behind the scenes that we may not always know.
1: So we're going to take you to our roundtable today. This is a two-parter. We're doing it this week and also on our next podcast. So we're going to give you a sampling. And I kind of let you pick things up from here. Are you ready to go?
2: Oh, yeah. Fire away. Okay. One of the things that happens, I think, that this time of year especially can be really rough because, you know, well, today is beautiful because we have, you know, the sun is shining and the Snow is just kind of flying in the air. It looks really beautiful. But, you know, it can also be really dark at this time of year. And uh, so the darkness has a huge effect on how we, uh, just the physiology that we have. But then we also have the other issues around trying to hustle around to get gifts, to being with family. Sometimes that's a good thing, sometimes it's not a good thing. So uh, there's a lot of stuff that can happen around this time of year. So, you know, I know for me, Christmas is can be kind of rough. Um, so for me, uh, lots of people don't know this, but uh, my father actually died on Christmas Day. And so there's a lot of memories around that time of year for me. Um, some are lots of memories from the past that are good, and then some that are not so good. So, and this is, you know, I don't think I'm alone with this. A lot of times around the holidays, people are dealing with loneliness, they're dealing with, you know, um, substance abuse sometimes or sometimes it's just like being with the family that's not so good to be around. So it, uh, it can be a difficult time.
1: Now both Lynn and Joel, obviously we know from television and from radio work, but they also have different stories of dealing with stress and dealing with different issues. We'll start with Jaylin because you have a military background in, 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 in some small way. That, so you see a different level of stress when you're dealing with troops. Do you not?
3: Yeah, I'm the honorary colonel of 408 Tactical Helicopter Squadron with uh, with the uh, Air Force, and what I've seen on that. This is a squadron that's based up here at Edmonton Garrison. Hey, and um, uh, it's a small squadron. Um, it's only about 250 members, but this squadron is incredibly busy. It has been in and out. Um, well, 408 is known as the first one in, the, the last one out. Um, and 408 has been, over the past number of years, uh, been to Iraq, came back from Iraq, just did six months in Mali as part of the UN peacekeeping tour, came back from that this summer, heading back to Iraq um, in the next couple of weeks. So watching watching that and watch that unfold with the families and the children, um, and in my role as an honorary colonel to be there to try to be a, a sounding board or maybe help point people in the right directions. But I've also known like within my squadron in um, the, over the past couple of years, we've had one um, one death by suicide and and a, another attempt. I mean, there are, the, the stress levels are, are, are very, very high and we've tried to make it a priority to, to make sure that, that the mental health side of it is being addressed. But again, sometimes, some people are like, oh, I'm, I'm tough and I'm you know, whatever and I'm strong. And it doesn't have to be a, a guy, it can be a girl, because I, I'm, I've been notorious for that <laughs> myself. If you just ask Gans, is trying to you know, buck up and just take it all on, take it all on. Um, and you realize that there's all sorts of holes in your bucket, and it's emptying really, really quickly. So, um, the, yeah, so that's been kind of part of, of my story and, and part of my awareness over the past uh, four years in this role as honorary colonel, and it's been eye-opening.
1: Jay Lynn, is that increasing, or is that decreasing? Are you holding steady? You know, do you think that the, the people who are coming back from tours of duty are able to withstand what they've gone through, or do you see a, an increase in this, uh, in this
3: tension and stress? I believe right now that the military is doing a better job, is doing a better job, and I'm not saying a, a great job or whatever, but it's doing a better job with addressing mental health. The former Cana- uh, the former um, commander of 3rd Canadian Division, which takes care of the army pretty much from uh, Thunder Bay to the west coast, made it uh, one of his mandates while he was here to uh, to work on this, and I've seen it within my squadron, and I've seen it within, you know, the honorary colonel community when we get together and we talk about it. There's still a long way to go. There's still a long, long way to go. I still, I, I believe that the military has to kind of look back in on itself, and um, and do some evaluating.
1: It's a tough thing for a lot of people to do. Absolutely. Joel Gottlieb, uh, who I worked with at CTV and CFRN Television when it was before CTV Edmonton was created. Joel, a lot of people had no clue on your story and uh, the mental toll it took on people. Can you share a little bit of that with us? Because it was an eye-opener
0: to me when I read everything. Yeah, um, thank you for asking. Uh, I never had any idea that I would go public about it because I didn't even think I had a problem. And it um, it started back around 2011. I had a... I had a sciatica attack while I was out walking the dog, and I, my leg went numb, and I ended up at the U of A hospital. They gave me six Percocet, sent me home, told me it was sciatica, and uh, I got hooked on Percocet after that, and uh, I couldn't... I, I tried to stop uh, a number of times over uh, seven years that I was addicted to it, but uh, when I started to go into withdrawal, I, I would reach for one to calm it down. So I didn't know how to get off of these pills and they became part of my life and I didn't admit that I had an addiction and that addiction, (coughs) excuse me, um, also manifested itself in other areas of my life Um, uh, or in other ways in in the sense of I had a gambling addiction, (coughs) that's something that I haven't talked about before, Um, (coughs) pardon me, and at the holidays, right? the holidays, it sure would be nice to have some extra money to buy presents, right? So that was one of the times I really hit the casino. And the thing about me and my addictions, addictions, unfortunately, um, uh, is that uh, one would feed into the other in that, oh, I want to go to the casino, well, I better pop a a couple of Percocet, right, so I can feel really good and it'll make it more fun. Uh, And my, um, my addictions led to depression. Uh, When things would go uh, downhill in my life, uh, there were a couple of times where I really spun into a deep, dark hole. Uh, The addiction I I would turn to, to ease the pain or figure out how to navigate myself out of it, but it it didn't, ultimately it didn't work and it all landed me into rehab, right? So um, uh, that's how I dealt with stress. Uh, I think that gave way to um, panic attacks at the anchor desk that uh, the public probably didn't see. But it affected my performance and uh, when it first happened, the first couple of panic attacks, I had no idea what was going on. So I I was in a real mess and I I was just trying to get through each day and I have three little children and uh, I had to save my life so I could be there for them because if I didn't, I don't think I'd be sitting here with you today.
1: And just before you get to Gans ask some questions, Mark, people have to turn to people and uh, your organization does fine work. Can you tell everybody
4: exactly what you do? Um, so I'm the CEO of the Mental Health Foundation, um, a public foundation that raises money and mobilizes resources to improve outcomes for individuals with addiction and mental health uh, concerns. Um, one of the biggest areas uh, of need we see is around access to high quality programs and services. Um, it's all well and good if um, somebody recognizes they have, a, have, a, have an issue Um, But in order to get help, um, has been seen as increasingly difficult um, within a system that actually does have a lot of programs and services available. So um, we raise money for things like the new Access 24-7 clinic that opened up at uh, the Royal Oak Hospital, um, a -a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week, urgent and not urgent uh, addiction mental health clinic for individuals that can go uh, to see specialized supports and also access uh, programs and services that are available in the community. Um, and we also champion uh, new initiatives um, and research projects uh, in Edmonton and Alberta as well to try to figure out um, some of the underlying causes um, that mental illness comes from.
1: Robin Williams was a wake-up call for a lot of people. And have you guys all noticed that since Robin's untimely uh, suicide has happened that people have gone, Oh my goodness! I didn't think that he, one of the happiest, most you know, happy-go-lucky people, would have have a problem. Has made people more aware that perhaps they should also talk to somebody. I don't know who wants to take who would like to pick that one up first.
4: You. We're I, all want to talk. Well, I was just going to say, um, for the past two decades, um, there's been a there's been a movement around stigma reduction in our communities, yeah. um, and so I think. A lot of the shadows have been lifted around who does or does not potentially have a, a mental health issue or addiction issue. Um, I think Robin Williams in particular is just a, such a um, a marked departure between who you think may or may not have that issue, um, but I think the work's been ongoing around stigma reduction for a number of decades. Um, I think the, the bigger uh, issue now is if you actually um, have the courage to recognize you do have an issue is that when you take that first step into, whether it's an emergency department, access 24 seven, or go see a psychologist, um, that you're able to see somebody immediately and that every door is the right door as opposed to every door is the wrong door.
2: Yeah, absolutely, I, I've seen, I've, I've heard uh, cases where my clients say, you know, I tried this, I tried that, couldn't get the right person and they, you know, basically got the runaround. And um, so stigma has been changing, which I, I love. Uh, I still think we have a problem with a lot of us men though, um, well women too, sorry to leave you out. <laughs> but, uh, but you know I, I think a lot of the guys really still have this idea that we have to suck it up and keep going. And it, it's, it's almost unfortunately I think a little bit of a culture in Alberta here where we live that there is this, this sense of I got to carry it all by myself. But, but you're right. I mean, there's a lot of times when you see somebody who's super happy and they're outgoing, but we don't know. We don't know what's going on in the background, and, and that's the thing. Um, and, and so, one, for us, we have to make sure that we feel comfortable reaching out for help ourselves but also talking to our friends and like sharing what's going on with ourselves and asking other people. Can
0: I just say something about that? That's a tough part, right? Because when you have a job and you have to show up and be professional, talking to your friends about your addiction or your mental health issues is a difficult thing to do. You don't want your boss to know about it. You don't want um, uh, your... Customers or clients or viewing yeah. public to know about it. So, what do you do? I, I can just speak from personal mm-hmm. experience on that. I didn't want anybody to know that I was addicted or suffering, you know, like when my mom passed away in uh, 2009, which was around the holidays, mm. incidentally. Um, you know, that's different. You know, you're dealing with a personal loss. But when you're dealing with inner struggles, um, <laughs> you know. Who do you tell? You tell your loved ones, but I even kept it from my loved ones. It's a hard thing to do until you reach a realization point yeah. that there's something wrong here. I need I need to fix it, um, but you know to bounce things off, you, you need a psychologist at the very least. Yeah.
3: You, know, Bryn. You talked about Robin Williams. I think Anthony Bourdain was another yeah. one for yeah. a lot of us. Huge. Anthony Bourdain. I mean, we loved. I, we we couldn't wait till that Sunday nights shock. to watch that. I mean, here's the coolest cat on the planet with a dream job. I can remember watching this, going, he has the best job in the world. And you know, you y- yeah. you think that again? It's it's you don't know what people are yeah. are carrying around. My nephew Jasper uh, died by suicide at the age of of 15, and he was. Um, the happiest go lucky kid you've ever met. He was this gorgeous blonde football star, you know, running back of the football team. He was super popular. He never knew anything to go wrong until the day that it happened. Mm. And uh, at 15 years of age, and to this day, we have no answers. There was never any signs, not any huge signs, until his mom came home and, and found him, right? So you just never know what people are carrying, carrying around with them, and um, y- you can't be judgy about it, but you have to be able to, willing to listen or pay a little bit of attention to some of those signals, if you can figure out what they are. But don't you,
0: th- sorry to interrupt. No, tra- way. no this, absolutely. This, this is oh, exactly, <laughs> I we're just doing wanted here. to get it started. <laughs> you guys are rolling nicely. But don't, don't you think, don't you think, um, uh, hearing all this, that it falls upon us to initiate the conversation. It falls upon the boss, the supervisor at work to initiate the conversation, or perhaps set time aside to have meetings. I, I don't know, uh, or with children or, or younger ones because of your the story that you're sharing, Jalen, like for me, it makes me think that at some point I'm going to have to sit down with with my children individually and uh, bring bring this up. Yeah. You know, are you okay? Uh, in, instead of um, well, you know, waiting for something. We, to happen? We
3: had a 12 year old in Ontario. Was it in Ontario just last week? Um, he jumped 12 wow. stories. He's 12 years old. He's a 12 year old, and he and he died by suicide, how, how does that happen?
2: Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on, like you said, under the surface, and I think it is all of our responsibility to start talking more, and the bosses, the parents. I think the big thing is to try to have the um, lines of communication open. It, to me, talking about suicide, talking about mental health, talking about drugs, talking about sex, this is all the same conversation. Um, the, the idea is that we need to make sure that everybody knows that nothing is off limits. Let's to get to the to sex talk. talk, that's more <laughs> fun. <laughs> well, it depends on who you're talking yeah, to. Yeah, that's so. true. <laughs> but, but, you know, but, but really is, you know, as, especially for parents, like, you know, being able to connect with your kids and saying, listen, you know, how how are you doing? What is going on with you, right? And we don't know what was going on in this young man's life that was happening, whether it's bullying at school or something happening at at home, we don't know. But I think it is really important that we have more of these types of conversations because this is beautiful, being able to talk about stuff and being open with with people because then we know that, listen, because, listen, everybody up here is a professional. We're all all, uh, well-regarded in our fields. I've been seeing a psychologist for almost 30 years. I don't think I would literally be alive if I did not have that relationship with my psychologist. And, um, you know, but I, I really do think that there is, there is a need for us as a society to actually start looking at things proactively. We're, we're getting better at the reactive stuff. You know, somebody has a problem and if they can, like you were saying, Joel, if they can get to that place where they're reaching out then maybe there's enough stuff to catch them maybe right we're working on that but if if but there's i think we need to set stuff up so people understand this is a proactive conversation not always a reactive one yet it's not so simple though because you may ask somebody
0: if they're okay and in my case it, when people you're not wrestle. telling anybody I'm not telling anybody right. no, I'm fine I'm not
2: taking because the bad. culture needs I'm to change, change it. the right. culture needs to change but but that's
1: the question here and Mark I'll throw this one to you over the last couple of years have you start to notice that as more and more people who have these the profile positions as we've talked about where everybody goes wow I didn't see that coming are you finding that when that happens that you're starting to see people reach out a little more to the various organizations that you're involved with
4: yeah, I think the biggest thing that we've seen as a foundation, um, you know, mental health has always been seen as the, the ugly cousin of the healthcare system. Right. And that includes individuals that have means that want to make philanthropic contributions towards a cause. Um, but what we've seen now, which I find heartening, is because of all of the, uh, of the elevated conversations being had around mental health, you have leaders in our community stepping forward, wanting to get involved um, from a volunteer perspective, from a, from a philanthropic perspective, and that's happening across the board. Um, you may have seen uh, in 2017 in Toronto, an anonymous donor made a $100 million donation to the Center for Addiction and Mental Health in Toronto. In Alberta, um, there's foundations like ours that are specifically focused on mental health, but there's other foundations like the Stollery Children's Hospital Foundation, the Alberta Children's Foundation, Calgary Health Trust. Mental health is their foundation's number one priority. And why is that? It's because community has said hey what are you doing for that um, initiative and, and there's a trickle effect there where then government goes wow, wow that's interesting that that foundation is making such a concerted effort towards mental health so I'm seeing that happen all across Alberta all across Canada and all across the world and that's just going to mean elevated levels of services for individuals but it's also going to mean a focus around okay treatment is great but how do we get in front of this and it's a, it's a yeah. very very complex question that doesn't have easy answers and and but but it's really important that we look to change the culture so that people do feel if they're comfortable uh ready to step forward and that's not always going to happen but there needs to be a culture of support there when it when somebody does
2: okay there's a sampling of what we did this past week I loved the roundtable conversation. That was great. It was so much fun, you know. And, and I, I love the format because we got a lot of like different perspectives. Yes, and we we're able to talk and and you know. For me, one thought leads to another. Somebody else says something. It's like, oh, yeah, well, what about this? And it was really rich. So I, I really enjoyed that for
1: We're, we're going to share with everybody a second part yep. coming up on our next podcast. And it goes in a little bit of a different route than the one that we went down today. So we're looking very much forward to that. Th- that is it. That's all the time we have for you today. And uh, we obviously,
2: we love your feedback. So drop us a line. We have a mission here too, right? Absolutely want to help as many people as we can. So listen, if you like what you're hearing, you like what you're seeing on the website, definitely share with at least one person, right? I mean, this is one of the best ways for you to learn stuff and make it stick with yourself is share what you're learning. Uh, But yeah, definitely pass it on, share it on social media, let somebody else check it out and help spread the good word. And don't forget also to check our free
1: resources, especially we have a free giveaway. Yeah. And and all this stuff is is easy to get to, too. Just go to our website, which is AskDrGans.com. That's AskDrGans.com. And that's it for today. We'll see you again on our next podcast.
2: See you later. One, two, three. Listen.